att uh, uh, oven pizza and someone gave me a, a drumstick so that meant I had the pizza dishes till the pizza, you know the pan the, the pizza gets cooked in the wash the plate the cup and the uh, what do you call it the this other thing that the chicken came in so it just took me for forever you know plus I was just like eating I know took me forever because it took, took a little while to cook it a little while to eat it and a little while to uh, eat uh, what was it a little while to I was licking the barbecue sauce and eating the ashes off the pizza paste for a while so just doing everything slow basically Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Some people call it a sling blade, but I just call it a lazy motherfucker. Pretty mm-hmm. much. It's that sloth that that Catholic priest uh, that the Pope was talking about. Mm-hmm. What'd you do today besides eat? Just uh, listen to a little music this morning. Did more of the radio station in my head. Uh, got, I don't know, different clothes on. I don't know. Brush my teeth. I don't know. Jacked off to porn. I don't know. That's about it. Uh, basically, I had to Narcan my fucking roommate first thing in the morning. Yeah, I heard. I mean, was the dude blue? Uh, I don't know. It was dark. Oh, okay. Well, you heard it, but I wasn't recording it. Okay, well, you know, tell the whole story, because, you know, you woke up and the dude, like... Yeah, he was passed out on the stairs, and, uh, I tried to wake him up first thing, but then he just kept snoring. So, I fucking went downstairs, and, uh... After I went downstairs, I talked to my roommates, like, some of them were saying, oh, just let them sleep it off, like, one was saying that, but then no, the no, other one... No, that would be better, because then he wouldn't have to go to a concentration camp. Then the other one was like, he could die, so the, he could die when oh, I one out. I called uh, Tony. Oh, barbecue sauce, I tell you, you know mm. Oh, it good. Mm. Oh, shit. Mm.
Yeah, shit. Can I call you right back? I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm gonna call you like as soon as I finish cleaning this. Alright. But thirty to sixty seconds worth of shit, but they still had chicken fucker do a little spiel, and uh, which, uh, if you don't know this show, that's uh, Anthony Fauci. <laughs> we like to call him Chicken Fucker. Uh, but. Uh, He's, uh, but, uh, the, the main thing, but okay. So, but he's saying, yeah, he's saying if not enough people get vaccinated, that could change, you know, so I don't, you know, it's kind of a semi threat and telling everybody, everybody should take the shot. It was like, so propagandy. And, uh, what was the, and, uh, what was the other thing? There's one other thing. Um, um, okay. But everybody, oh, the official number in our country of those of us who are refusing to go along with this bullshit, we're the 29%, not the 25%. We're the 29% that's not going along with this bullshit. So almost 70% are willing to go along within 30, aren't Well, 29. Mm, yeah, 20, 71% are willing to go along with it. The other 29 aren't. <laughs> We're the 29%. You're me, because you're not part of that, because you did cave in and, and give in to those idiots. But okay. But I am the 29%. <laughs> Take a piss. No, you were leaving a piss. <laughs> but okay. So yeah, let's go into this gun thing. Because they were, look, the gun laws might be uh, prejudiced against black people. Which really does need... You know, the NRA people should want to fix that. If they're going to be true to what they're about, then they're gonna, they, they should want the gun laws to be equitable for everybody. Yeah, I think the NRA is too Republican to be caring about equity. Well, they should. I mean, if you're going to be a fair group that's really in favor of... I mean, as someone who is a liberal or considers myself one as much as now people might not say I am... Uh, to me, yeah, you know, you're a probably gun is far left. I mean, not like, I mean, I don't have one right now, but to me, if I could get one, it's important. Or if I wanted to get one, which I might need to if things get this much more draconian, then, uh, then, uh, 
it's uh, it's it's an important thing and uh, because if the government gets this draconian we're going to need to defend ourselves against and really be able to outguard the national guard and eventually the US military because if the usually the national guard fucks everything up and stops every revolution that happens but if we're successful and can knock down the national guard then the next thing we got to do is try to knock down the military which is going to even be harder well the national guard didn't stop the south I don't know if they tried that hard back then. That was a long and bloody war. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. That was uh, that's the kind of war we're gonna have to fight to uh, uh, take down this government. And it's gonna be one of those things, just like in this Civil War, <laughs> they keep coming and they keep coming. And we gotta keep fighting no matter what if we don't want this this fucked up shit to keep going on. But uh, and they don't stop coming, and they don't stop coming. No, they don't. I mean, that's the way it was in in the, the Civil War. They didn't, you know, the uh, feds didn't stop coming, and and that's what made them surrender. So this time, when they don't stop coming, this time we can't surrender. This time. when it drags on for years and it's like we keep winning pretty much but we keep having to fight over and over again and it's this pain in the ass fucking thing and more people wind up dying and it's fucked up more people wind up losing body parts and shit and it's fucked up but we gotta stick to it if we're ever gonna take this this, uh, this two party system down well one side would have to do the smart thing and get the blacks to fight on their side. Well, yeah. No, I mean, I think we definitely, I think really black and, and, and Latino people are going to be the biggest, I mean, they're going to have more at stake to fight this. It, it might really, I, I think it's going to be their war more than, more than, even for us white dudes that don't have money, if we could yeah, get it, because like uh, the black units, <laughs> I don't know about Mexican units because they're not well known in the U.S. military, but the black units were always the best fighters. But you know, you know what really scares me? Like when we had the Revolutionary War, the first person that got killed in the Revolutionary War with a black dude. So, like, you knew that probably these racist dudes... So you knew that these... So you... What's going on? Anyway, but it's like, so I bet it was like some racist dudes that got like that dude in the front of the war, so he'd be the first one to get killed, you know? Yeah. 
But they would always put black people on the front lines. Well, they eventually did it on, um, you know, World War II. And they didn't, I don't think they initially enlisted black dudes. Like, I don't know about the Civil War. I don't know that much about it. No, but in the Revolutionary <laughs> War, in the Revolutionary War, that's what happened. Like, Christmas Addicts was the first one to get killed. Which was pretty fucked up. Yeah, he was probably fighting for Massa. That's what's scary. I mean, I could just picture that conversation of when they decided to put him in front of everybody else. But okay. So anyway, let's go into this article. I babbled. Can't stop babbling today for some reason. I can't stop babbling. Oh shit, the page refreshed. Uh oh. Okay, so what's the top story now? Now that we did a kind of intro. The first thing I did was cry, Traveler Stranded Angry. Okay, where is he stranded here? I guess what what does the article say? because of travel bans oh in Africa okay no no that is important I mean in a way I mean I think it's probably the the smartest advice the smartest thing we could do in the case of this because because uh, uh, if it'll stop people from uh, if it'll stop them from getting another reason to do a lockdown, which it might or might not. It uh, it could it could uh, help things, but yeah, for for whoever is stuck there, it's, that's gonna suck. So yeah, let's go into that because there is a, a really bad side of it. But then they're gonna try to push the bad side to get them to open that those countries up so that they can have a reason to lock things down and that the death rate will go up and they can have a reason to lock things down again. And then blame it on us, the 29%. Well, most likely the infections will go higher, but deaths will probably be lower. Yeah. Because you got to remember, it's mild symptoms. Yeah. No, probably is. But if any people die, they're going to use that. Like, they're using anything to lock shit down. They can't wait. It's like they're saying they're not going to. And that, oh, things are better than they were this time last year. But I just don't trust the Democrats for nothing when it comes to whether they're going to, like, keep things from getting locked down, you know? I mean, yeah, the main thing they want to push is making everybody get the stupid shot and making everybody have to rely on doctors every week. And now Biden's telling everybody, go get the, you know... Now, if you haven't had the booster shot, go get the booster and telling people to get un- endless shots. And then we might have to make a new booster shot so that people be more resistant to the uh, next uh, to the Omicron virus and shit. And, and, and the one thing that was funny is, is, is Biden couldn't seem to pronounce the word Omicron. So, that was funny. But... Uh, Anyway, but yeah, yeah, let's let's go into this. Sounds yeah, like my... sounds like Megatron. 
Yeah, yeah, no, it totally is. It's the Megatron virus. Yes, the Decepticons have caused it. And a lot of the, the space alien people think that it's the uh, reptiles who've caused it. Which could go into that story on the uh, thing that happened in Nashville uh, back in January or late December <laughs> last year. I'll smoke too many cigarettes when that, dude, when that dude blew up something and, and uh, said it was because of the reptiles. So this, this could have something to do with the reptiles. I believe in the reptile thing, but I think where there's smoke, there's fire. There's some kind of weird shit going on with that thing. Yeah, it's probably not reptiles. It's, I mean, it could be. You know, it could be like Lucifer's angels who, you know, if Lucifer's considered a dragon, then his angels might also be dragons. And that a, could be a form of reptile. And, uh, so I don't know. You know, more like interdimensional beings or whatever. Recording again. Oh, okay. Okay, you're done with the water. Okay, so let's go into this article. Uh, this article. <sighs> the disruptions for Kennedy, Brady, and her family, as well as so many others, comes as various governments scramble to place restrictions on travel. Closing their borders to southern African countries amid concern about the potentially dangerous variant dubbed Omicron. Yeah, I guess the thing they're worried about, even though so far it's been mild symptoms, they're saying, well, how many ways can it, how many parts of, of the body can it hit that the other viruses haven't? And all that's like there's there's still like we still don't know really what the potential of this is. All this shit that's kind of crap they were saying. Those rule changes are already having ripple effects for travelers as the holiday season gets underway. Travelers have been left stuck abroad, desperately trying to get home amid a slew of cancellations. While others While others are scratching plans to see loved ones in other countries, for many, the latest in a series of pandemic-induced travel frustrations, coming only weeks after the United States lifted its ban on visitors from 33 countries, travel medicine experts say while the restrictions may allow time to learn more about the variant's dangers, the concerns leave international travelers to determine how much they're willing to deal with. You know, I thought the ripple effect was the effect after you drink too much ripple wine. (laughs) 
We felt like we've come out of this long, dark tunnel, said Julian Harrison, the owner of Premier Tours, a Philadelphia-based travel agency that specializes in African tours, and this has started all over again, basically. For many, the latest jolt to travel was a reminder of early pandemic days when the borders closed, airports shuttered, and flights were grounded overnight. In the aftermath of Omicron's discovery, the European Union, the United States, and other nations moved to stop travel to South Africa and nearby countries. Travel bans that will largely go into effect Monday, even as African officials and some public health experts condemn the move. Two nations went even further. Israel barred all foreigners from entering while Morocco announced it was suspending incoming flights for two weeks. Some countries are imposing new testing and quarantine requirements, sowing added confusion at a moment when many were just starting to feel confident traveling again. People are very tired and they want it to be over, said David Friedman, president-elect of the American Society of Tropical Medicine and Hygiene. And I think we're going to have to reach an equilibrium before very long. I don't know. I don't let us. I don't know if the governments of the world will let this happen. No, I think they're going to let it spread. Yeah, no, I mean, I think eventually they will, but I don't know. I mean, I think the government is, is so set on getting another lockdown together that I mean, I hope. I hope. I'm wrong, but uh, it didn't stop the spread of the virus originally. But then they didn't close things that from a lot of places. Yeah, which they're not going to do this time either. I don't know, because I don't think they were banning flights from India when the uh, Delta variant happened. Uh, let me text my rap maybe buddy I'm right, real maybe quick. I'm wrong. Christmas? I'm trying to remember. Was it Christmas Addicts or Crispus Addicts? And I'm thinking of this the first casualty of the Revolutionary War. Could have been Christmas. I don't know.
Alright, I'm back. Sean Park Ross had plans to return to South Africa and spend Christmas time with his family and friends. And then he saw news of the variant. Park Rose, who travels all over his for his work in software development, is now in Mexico City. Said he thought even if he could make it there, it might be a while before he could leave. His mother is super cheerful and super understanding, though his family overall was really looking forward to seeing me. Spending some good Christmas time together, Park Rose Ross said. He thought about his five-year-old nephew and his parents, who are in their 70s. That's late to be having kids. No, 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 like, he has the kids... His kids are five, and his parents, they're not the parents of the kids. His parents are seven. No, he said five-year-old nephew. Yeah, he's thinking about his five-year-old nephew and his parents who are are 70. Yeah, that's a late age to be having kids. No, okay. They're not saying that his parents had the... His parents are the ones who had the kids. Okay, because nephew is your sister or brother's kids. Moving on. I haven't seen them in ages because I'm all around the world. It really sucks. South African officials have criticized the travel bans, describing them as a draconian measure that in effect punishes the nation for alerting the world to a new variant. Public health experts also note that by the time bans go into place, a highly transmissible variant like Omicron has most likely already spread across much of the globe. Well, no, that's, that's the big thing. They are, yeah, they, they said that in, in Biden's meeting or... <laughs> Biden said it, and then he also said uh, uh, one of the reporters asked, "Well, if this is is happening, won't it get countries like South Africa that, that have new variances make countries that have new variances decide not to tell you next time?" I don't think that's something that they could keep under wraps. I don't know. I guess China kept it under wraps for a long time. A few months. But that was the plan. But that was the plan. So. And then they didn't halt travel from their country. Yeah. Even when they did finally announce it. Mm-hmm. In an address to the nation, South Africa... African President Cyril Ramaphosa said the only thing that prohibition on travel will do is to further damage the economies of the affected countries and undermine their ability to respond and also to recover from the pandemic. But authorities in the United States and elsewhere defended the move Sunday. 
with President Joe Biden's top coronavirus advisor, Anthony Fauci, telling NBC's Meet the Press that the positive effect is, is to get us better prepared to rev up on the vaccination to be really ready for something that may not actually be a big deal. But we no, want to no, make no, sure that Fauci, we're... I think Fauci's the one who said it. Excuse me. What were you just saying? But we want to make sure that we're prepared for the worst. Yeah, yeah. It's, that's, what, that's what Chicken Fucker said during the speech. Lynn Chen, director of the Tribal Medicine Center at Mount Auburn Hospital in Cambridge, Massachusetts, said the restrictions may not contain the variant, but probably buys the world some time to learn how extensive Omicron is present and examine its characteristics. Given the concerns, travel to areas that are known to be affected will involve new rules and inconveniences, Chen said in an email. She said travelers need to decide whether they accept those challenges, or it's... They sound like a fucking asshole. I wouldn't accept shit. I would just fucking go to whatever country would let me out of the country, and then I'd fucking transfer to America from there and not tell the U.S. that I was in South Africa. Yeah. They might find out, but I mean, yeah, they're kind of being dicks about it. But in a way, it might be one of the only things that uh, could possibly mellow this out. I don't know. Better to wait until more is known about Omicron. Friedman said the good news is that the science is moving at lightning speed in a way that wouldn't have been possible five or ten years ago. We're getting yeah, answers so to. Okay, we're, we're getting answers to some pretty complicated questions in a matter of weeks rather than several months. Still, it could be a few weeks before it's known whether the vaccines work against the strain. In the meantime, he said he personally would not make any end-of-year holiday travel plans internationally. If I wasn't willing to take a chance that I was going to get stuck overseas. As news of the variant emerged, Kennedy Brady, Brady described a chaotic scene at the airport. Massive lines at customer service counters with waiting travelers all fretting about how they would get to their various destinations outside of South Africa. People were jostling to beat the clock to be the first to speak with someone. It felt panicky because there was just so much chatter around us. And everybody was just like, what are we going to do? Yeah, it's, 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 it's freaky because it's, it's, uh, I don't know, it's just, uh, I don't know how to explain it. It's just very freaky and, but this is all, oh, that's what it is. It's all planned. It's like, I bet they planned this for the past 20, probably more than 20 years. I bet they planned this for the past at least 30 years. Well, probably 20, yeah, because 21, yeah, 30 years, I bet. 
Okay, what is the uh, what else does the article say? Park Ross in Mexico said he understands that restrictions need to be implemented, emphasizing I go by the science and what the scientists say. I just hope they take the bans out as quickly as they put them in. Shaw also expressed frustration at the travel restrictions, noting they are discouraged by the World Health Organization. She had followed coronavirus precautions and gotten vaccinated, she said. It does feel that even if you do everything right, it's kind of like you still are not able to do the things that you want to do. Oh, really? Well, I mean, it's like, I think these shots are just weakening everybody's immunity. So, like, how many people with the shots that wound up getting this shit again? A lot. Exactly. It's what else does the article say? Friedman acknowledged the panic that quickly emerged over the new variant is very disruptive. He said that like the flu virus, which evolves and requires new vaccines every winter, we're going to have to live with the virus and with mutations occurring. We're not going to be able to live like this forever, going into a panic every time there's a mutation of the virus somewhere in the world, he said. Duh, because it's the new flu. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we'll see what, uh, we'll see what goes on, because eventually, but I mean, it's just, they're always threatening to lock shit down, so like, how do we, when eventually, or if, you know, like, can they eventually stop threatening to lock everything down, or... Eventually, they have to. That's the thing we're worried about. It's like, how much is the government going to start fucking with us? Eventually, they have to, because people aren't going to keep tolerating that, oh, my God, there's another very lockdown. Everybody stop doing anything. Stop the economy. The American economy probably will not survive another lockdown, and people know that. Yeah, but I don't know if the government cares. I mean, this, this is probably part of the plan. It's just, how do we stop this plan from being implemented? At the end of the day, these governments can't do whatever they want with impunity. They have to worry about an actual civil war. Yeah, no, but that's that's probably what we need. So that's probably the only way this is going to stop. Anyway, what, what else does the article say? Kennedy Brady and her family managed to find a hotel in Johannesburg where they were holed up on Sunday, trying to avoid mingling with others out of concern about the variant. They were searching for other paths out of the country with help from family back home. As U.S. citizens, they are allowed to travel back but are struggling to find a flight to get there. You know, I'm wondering, like, uh, is Kennedy Brady one of... Marsha, Jan, or Cindy's kids? Ah, uh, Brady. Or, or no, or no, 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 no. Would have been. No, would have been you know because the name would have been carried on by the men, so it would have been the uh, Bobby, Peter, Greg's kids, right? 
Or oh, maybe grandkids, because they probably had grandkids by now. <laughs> that was related to those people from that bad sitcom back in the 70s. <laughs> no, okay. That's the end of the article. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's... Uh... Yeah, it's pretty. It, it's it's something that might need to be done for now, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. But it's. I mean, just because they're, you know, just whatever it's going to take to stop to, not whatever it's going to take, because that's you know going along with their bullshit. But it's like, what's it going to take if if this would stop the next bullshit lockdown or next bullshit. You know, forcing everybody to do something from happening. I don't know. Well, let's hope it stops that. But it, it, it's it, it is a lot of <laughs> a lot of liabilities to, to shutting things down too, and, and a lot of, of sad stuff happening because they shut shut this down. A lot of just a lot of sad shit happening because they shut everything down. Okay, so let's go to the next article. Uh, I managed to find the article on my other phone, the gun one. Okay, um, are we, or where is the, uh, where are we still recording? Yeah. Okay, so let's, let's start the gun one and see how far we can go on that one. And then also, prosecutors asked Supreme Court to review ruling that freed Bill Cosby. Damn. Those, those, the women just won't let him, won't let him be. God damn it. Yeah, they gonna make him pay for taking the pussy. That. That sucks. This is uh, this is why we should all just decide we're, that, that we should all we should all just uh, decide we're going to let our moms and our sisters and our our uh, our uh, aunts and nieces and and uh, and uh, daughters get raped so that. Uh, We can all uh, legally do what Bill Cosby did, and not have to uh, have them taken away from us. We can force them to not take it away from us, so that we can force our girlfriends and wives and, and ex-girlfriends to uh, not take it away from us. Right to self-defense is one of the foundational principles of criminal law in the United States. 
the expansiveness of the U.S. self-defense laws was on display in Wisconsin, where a jury ruled that Kyle Rittenhouse was lawfully defending himself when he shot and killed two people and severely wounded another during an altercation stemming from a racial justice protest. The limitations of those laws was made apparent in Georgia, where a jury rejected self-defense claims from three men involved in killing Ahmad Arbery, a black man who was jogging through their neighborhood. All three were convicted of murder. Generally, self-defense laws allow people to use deadly force when they reasonably believe Doing so is necessary to protect themselves or others from being hurt or killed. But just how broad those rights are and where they can be exercised varies significantly from state to state. Over the past 30 years, a majority of states have enacted stand-your-ground laws that allow deadly force to be used even when other options might be available. The remaining states impose a duty to retreat that limits violent self-defense to situations in which it's absolutely necessary. Even in those more restrictive states, the law typically gives someone more leeway to use force in their own home than when out in public. Though far from unanimous, a significant share of legal experts say the two recent rulings were consistent with the law in their respective states. Even though Georgia is a stand-your-ground state and Wisconsin is not. A key difference, they say, is that Rittenhouse did have reason to believe the men he shot posed a serious threat, whereas the men who killed Aubrey did not. Uh-huh. Why there's debate. Many legal analysts on the left have argued that the Rittenhouse verdict is a prime example of why U.S. self-defense laws need to be made more restrictive. They say current statutes allow far too much room for someone to create a situation in which deadly force is needed. As they argue, Rittenhouse did by bringing his rifle to the protest. That other guy had a fucking gun, so what? I don't, know. I don't think it means that the self-defense laws are bad laws. I think the whole thing about this case, it wasn't whether this dude was defending himself or not. It's this idea that if you're on the side of the cops, you can kill anybody you want to and get away with it as long as the cops don't like them. That's what it's about. It has nothing to do with the right to self-defense or not. Because if it was somebody that the cops didn't like and the same scenario was happening, they wouldn't be able to get away with it and they wouldn't consider that self-defense. So I don't think it has anything to do with the the, the self-defense laws themselves are bad. It's just the way that the courts and the community decide to enforce these self-defense laws. It all depends on whether you're on the side of the cops or not as whether you can get away with it. It has nothing to do with whether you tried to defend yourself or not. Anyway, what else does the article say? 
Others take issue with the law's reliance on a reasonable judgment of danger, since research suggests that racial bias can play a major role in which killings are considered justified. Uh-huh. Reform advocates make the case that self-defense laws are a poor fit for a country with so many guns. They argue that the presence of a gun can create situations where everyone involved has a reasonable argument that they face a mortal threat. A scenario in which all parties are then free to legally kill someone in self-defense. Conservatives have countered that Rittenhouse's case is an illustration of what U.S. self-defense laws get right. They argue that excessive limitations on someone's ability to legally carry a gun and protect themselves with it is, if necessary would infringe on that person's fundamental rights. Some on the left also worry that stricter self-defense laws would be more, most harmful to vulnerable defendants like domestic violence victims. See, again, I, I don't think that I don't think it's because of the self-defense laws. I think both the people on the left and the right are bullshitting. You know, I think they're they're both. You know, both the, the the people on the left and the right are full of shit when they're saying that the problem. You know, like when the people on the right are saying this proves that this case proves that that uh, or this case was a good example of how self-defense laws uh, work. Because I don't think this case had anything to do... I mean, yes, he got off technically because it was self-defense, but I don't think this case was really a testing of the self-defense laws. It's really all about whether you can kill somebody because you're on the side of the cops and the person that you're killing isn't. That's what it's really about. It has nothing to do with self-defense, and both the people on the left and the right are full of crap like the people on the on the right are full of crap when they're saying that this proves that the self-defense that, that the Kyle Rittenauer case is even a, a case of testing the, the self-defense laws and the people on the left are full of shit when they're saying that oh this proves that we need to get rid of self-defense laws like both sides are their arguments for either getting for you know like the they're, both their arguments on this case are, are complete bullshit. Well, that's the end of the article. Ready to go to the next one? Yeah, well, again, now I feel like this was stupid because the headline deceived us. Like, the headline said, how do gun laws go against black and Latino people? What? Said our current gun laws biased in favor of white people. Yeah. And uh they didn't really go into that in this article. This article had nothing to do whether our current gun laws are this article had nothing to do with whether current uh, gun laws are are aimed to help white people and not black and Latino people. Like this article was all about whether the self-defense argument, whether self-defense laws work. So I think that the headline deceived us into thinking we were going to cover something important when we wound up covering the same bullshit that was in 
uh, a bunch of the articles one or two days after the Kyle Rittenhouse uh, verdict happened. The next story is kidney transplant canceled due to donor vaccine status. Oh, that's screwed up. Yes, let's go into this. We've already covered stories like that. Okay, so should we not deal with it because we've already dealt with this? Yeah, because like places okay, okay. like Colorado and shit won't let you get an organ yeah. if you're not vaccinated. Okay, so yeah, let's go to the next article. Biden suffers another setback in enforcing vaccine mandate. Say that again? Biden suffers another setback in enforcing vaccine mandate. Yay, let's go into this one. Biden vaccine rule for health workers blocked in 10 states. God damn. Cool. Biden's having a bad day. So I wonder which of the 10 states blocked uh, the vaccine mandates. A federal judge on Monday blocked President Joe Biden's administration from enforcing a coronavirus vaccine mandate. Uh on thousands of healthcare workers in 10 states that had brought the first legal challenge against the requirement. Okay. Yay? The ruling affects healthcare facilities and healthcare providers that get funding from the government health programs. Okay. What else does the article say? While a vaccine requirement might make sense for long-term care facilities, Shelp wrote CMS lacks evidence for imposing it on other health care providers and ignored evidence that the mandate could jeopardize understaffed facilities. Okay, so partial, partially helped us and partially didn't? Because they're, they're saying, okay, they don't have to enforce it in these 10 states, but if all these people get fired... And the staffing at these hospitals get uh, shortened, it doesn't matter? And that's what this court said? Or who, who, who made this decision? Which court made this decision? I wonder. Uh, I don't know. What does the article say? Or did they tell us which court it was? Uh, District Judge Matthew Shelp. Okay, so just it's a district court that made this decision. So this district court judge is saying that it's still okay to enforce this stuff even if a bunch of people get fired from these hospitals and these hospitals are understaffed because of it. 
No. Okay, say the sentence again, because that's what it sounded like it was saying. A federal judge on Monday blocked President Joe Biden's administration from enforcing a coronavirus vaccine mandate on thousands of healthcare workers in 10 states. Yeah, we got that. That had brought the first legal challenge against the requirement. Yeah, we got that. The court order said that the federal centers for Medicare and Medicaid had no clear authority from Congress to enact the vaccine mandate for providers participating in the two government health care programs for the elderly, disabled, and poor. Okay. The preliminary injunction by St. Louis-based U.S. District Judge Matthew Shelb applies to a coalition of suing states, including... Alaska, Arkansas, Iowa, Kansas, Missouri, Nebraska, New Hampshire, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Wyoming. All right. It's good for people in those 10 states. All those states have either Republican attorney general or governor. Similar lawsuits are also pending in other states. Okay. The federal rule requires COVID-19 vaccinations for more than 17 million workers nationwide in about 76,000 healthcare facilities. <coughs> and home oh, health care yeah, providers. There was providers. something else he, that, that Biden at least didn't do this time in the speech. Is he didn't say he was going to try to, to force or encourage the people in the states that don't have mask mandates to put back mandates <laughs> but uh, for those of us unlucky to be in the states that um, state that I'm living in and other states like that we're still screwed <laughs> but, uh, okay the federal rule requires COVID-19 uh, wait wait read that uh, healthcare buyers get funding from the government health programs workers are to receive their first dose by December 6th and their second shot by December well January 4th mm. the court order against the healthcare vaccine mandate comes after Biden's administration suffered a similar setback for a broader policy a federal court previously placed a hold on a separate rule requiring businesses with more than 100 employees to ensure their workers get vaccinated or else wear masks and get tested weekly for the coronavirus. Wait, say that? What's the last part again? A federal court previously placed a hold on a separate rule requiring businesses okay. with more than 100 employees to ensure their workers get vaccinated or else wear masks and get tested weekly for the coronavirus. Cool. Biden's administration contends federal rules supersede state policies prohibiting vaccine mandates and are essential to slowing the pandemic, which has killed more than 775,000 people in the U.S., about three-fifths. Of the U.S. population already is fully vaccinated. The federal government for too long has been going against the state's rights, so this is, I think, 
federal government again is full of shit when they say that. But okay. But the judge in the healthcare provider case wrote that federal officials likely overstepped their legal powers. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, so this ain't looking good for Biden's vaccine mandates. Yeah, so far, it's good news for us, or at least for people in those states. Um, What else does the article say? CMS seeks to overtake an area of traditional state authority by imposing an unprecedented demand to federally dictate the private medical decisions of millions of Americans. Such action challenges traditional notions of federalism, Shelb wrote in his order. Wait, say that last part again? Uh, Such actions challenges... No, the sentence before that. The sentence before that. CMS seeks to overtake an area of traditional state authority by imposing an unprecedented demand to federally dictate the private medical decisions of millions of Americans. Okay. And then the sentence after that again? Such action challenges traditional notions of federalism. Okay, I don't know, like, everything that's gone against uh, states' rights is part of what was, you know, is is part of what federalism was about. So, I I mean, as much as I like what the judge said, federalism has always been about trying to make it so the states didn't have rights. That's why when federalism happened to me, that was when the... uh, revolution that we fought against the british went wrong was because of federalism you know that that's what made the revolution we fought our country fought against the british a uh, revolution that didn't work was the 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 creation of federalism Yeah, that's why I consider the revolution we fought against the British as a failed revolution. Because as soon as our country accepted federalism, then that everything we said we were fighting against was overturned. When you know when we were fighting against the British, or a good chunk of what we were fighting against uh, when we were fighting against the British was overturned. Even under an exceedingly broad interpretation of federal powers, Congress did not clearly authorize CMS to enact this politically and economically vast federalism-altering and boundary-pushing mandate, wrote Shelb, who was appointed to the bench by former President Donald Trump. Yep, okay, Donald uh, J. Trump. That's why. So that's oh, why he's saying that he's one of the ones that was appointed Trump. by Trump, but... Again, federalism is has always been allowing for this kind of, of, of thing. You know, this is, uh, as much as I wish he was true, federalism would have, you know, th- th- I don't think this, this is, is pushing what federalism was about because the people who created federalism created it to do this kind of thing. You know, that's why I really consider Alexander Hamilton and George Washington 
something that was bad in the, in the 70s that, that would have made me not sure if I would have, as much as, you know, like since I heard Cat Stevens at, in the acoustic Grateful Dead in a time when, when there was a lot of rock happening, I don't know if I had heard Cat Stevens in the acoustic Grateful Dead in the early 70s, whether I would have wanted to listen to it or not. Or whether I would have rather listened to uh, bands like uh, the Slade and Fanny and and uh, the Move and uh, uh, Susie Quattro and, and uh, Gary Glitter and, and uh, the Swede at that point, you know, <laughs> as well as Sabbath and Zeppelin, but. Uh, It's just, I mean, I don't know if, if, if radio back then was overplaying that kind of music as much as it's overplaying it now, but if it was as overplayed in the early 70s as it is now, I don't know if I would have wanted to hear that music uh, if, I was, if I was alive back then. I mean, this is, things are just, music is just so boring now with, with, without that distorted guitar sound. It's just, just stuff like that just makes me think we're in it. We're just in a musical lull that we'll, that we won't get out of. You know? Well, it depends on if you depend on radio or not. Well, you can't really depend on radio, but it's like even hard to hear good shit on college radio. Like, a lot now, and it's like okay, and I'm I'm wondering what's going to happen to my college station once I buy a radio in a couple months. I'm hoping it only take me a couple months before I can buy a radio, you know, <laughs> before I bought the other shit that I really need to get before I get a radio, you know. It just depends on. What kind of music you're listening to? Yeah. That's what I mean, but so far, most of what I'm hearing is this mellow Imagine Dragon shit, and I am just so, so bored to death of this shit now. <laughs> just like, I just can't take that shit. This is like, just too mellow for me. Trying to see if this is the fucking band that my roommate was playing. Go away. Uh, let me see if I can play it. It was very, you know. This isn't a dream. This is really happening. It was very dark and gritty metal. Oh, cool. Hey, everybody tries to tell me that I'm going to a 
phase. I don't know if it's a phase. I just wanna feel okay. Yeah. I battle with depression, but the question still remains. Is this post-traumatic stressing or am I suppressing rage? And my doctor tries to tell me that I'm going through a phase. Yeah, it's not a fucking phase. I just wanna feel okay. Okay, yeah, I struggle with this bullshit every day. Well, yeah, now this is a rapper. Oh wait, never mind. Yeah, this is a song that I heard. Okay. I think I'm well, so far, like I mean, I, I can't listen to it quite as good. But... I knock down is just a wall that I replace. I'm a race against myself. I try to keep a steady pace. How the fuck will I escape if I never close my case? Oh my God, I keep on stressing every second that I waste. is another second sooner to a blessing I won't take. But my therapist will tell me that I'm going through a stage. Yeah, it's not a fucking stage. I just want to feel okay. Okay, motherfucker, now you got my attention. I need to change a couple things, cause something is missing. What if I was a lie? Tell you everything is fine. Every single fucking day, I get closer to the grave. I am different kind of shit you know because this ain't something i would listen to but you know that's something i might I mean, this is like the stuff that you'd hear that you hear in like 
more rural radio stations that still play stuff that, that sounds better than what K-Rock's playing there. Because, <laughs> like, if you didn't come, like, because you came in L.A. by the time K-Rock sucked, but if you would have been in L.A., say, even around 2008, 2009, maybe, or at least 2008, K-Rock wasn't sucking so bad back then. Definitely they weren't sucking quite as bad in 2000, 2001, 2002. But even in 2008, 2009, they didn't, or 2008 at least, they didn't suck as bad as they started sucking by 2010. Or really 2009 is when they, yeah, I'd say 2009 is when they started sucking really bad. <laughs> yeah, and then like, uh, even in rap, like, guys like Dax are, you know, pretty interesting and shit. I mean, even, like, in 97, when K-Rock was starting to somewhat kill rock and roll, they didn't suck quite as bad as they did from 2009 on. <laughs> like, 2009 happened and just K-Rock just, just started sucking. Like, have you ever heard Twisted Insane from, like, uh, Insane Cloud Posse? Um, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, he's dope. I like him better than Insane Cloud Posse because he can actually rap. Right on, right on. Anyway, should we start doing this, uh, thing? This show? Yeah. Okay. Well, the audience got to hear a rare bit of music that we don't usually play. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Got to hear How Bad Imagine Dragon Sucks, in my opinion, although he likes the song. And this other song that I still can't decide what I really think. I, I really probably got to hear the song a couple more times before I decide what I'm thinking or what I think about it or, or something. But uh, parts of it sound really, really good. I mean, like, overall... Sound, like it reminds good. me of like a metal Lincoln Park, like more, more metal yeah. than Lincoln Park. Yeah, no, but the, the fact that it sounds a lot like Lincoln Park is what kind of makes it a little boring, you know. Mm-hmm. Like when it doesn't sound like Lincoln Park, that's when it's more interesting. When it sounds like Lincoln Park, that's when it sounds more boring. <laughs> yeah, I just haven't been able to like really check out music because. Like, I, like, haven't, like, just been listening to, you know, like, metal like I used to. Like, you know, I'm kind of stuck in my old ways when it comes to, well, rock in general, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, there isn't a lot of, it's harder to hear whatever, I don't know, you got, like, the two different kind. Like, to me, you got, like, the screamo metal that I like, and then you got the, conservative rock that is like, I, don't know. I don't like conservative rock like I don't like Coldplay and all that shit you know? well, no, but, no, but it's stuff that's heavier than Coldplay you know more like I don't know anything, what, what's a good ba- band that you could consider it's like that like like uh, uh, I don't know Plain White uh, Cheese or Five something Five Finger Death Punch or or, or uh, uh Volbeat or or uh, 
Breaking Benjamins or whatever the new stuff that kind of sounds like that is. I was listening to a lot of it on the the Merced uh, AM station uh, when I was getting that at the uh, motel before my radio got stolen was playing a lot of that. I mean, I don't know. I heard a heard. song from... Um, I mean, it was like, an FM station, but they broadcast it on AM at night. Or you can get the AM station at night and they play all that. All that kind of stuff, especially if you hear this show on Sunday night, they have called the Rock Thirty. You like hear all the all the stuff like that that's out right now. <clears throat> yeah, What's like station, uh, uh, 105.5 The Bear or something, or 105.7 The Bear, something like that. <laughs> 105.7 The Bear, I think it is in Reset. Yeah, I had heard a uh, like. Like, I had, like, like the real first thing I paid to start paying attention to Five Finger Death Punch was when they did a remix of Mama Said Knock You Out. I thought it was pretty dope. Oh, right on. You ever heard it? I don't think I've heard their version. Yeah, like, because they don't, like, make it all hip-hoppy and shit. Like, they actually go pretty you know. hard. Want to check no, it out no, and no. I can pause the podcast? What is it? Want to check it out and I can pause the podcast? Yeah, right on, right on. That's that, that's cool. Although I'm still partial to the original version because that just Nostalgia. made that huge impression on me when I was four. <laughs> when I first heard it on... Uh... Well, we won't go into that, but... <laughs> when I first heard it on KKDJ in LA, which... Uh... That station went off the air back in uh, some point in the fall of 1975. But uh, <coughs> showing your age, Kyle Chaos. Yeah, I was just I was just getting into uh, second grade when that station went off the air. Alright, let's move on. Oh, welcome back to the Kyle Chaos and Aaron Order Show. I'm your host, Aaron Order. And I'm Kyle Chaos, and we're just babbling about music. I'm still going to babble for a little while, because... Yeah, you know, like I, I like the screamo stuff, I'd say, more than the conservative rock of, like, Five Finger Death Punch or uh, Volbeat or Breaking v- Benjamins or whatever, but uh, uh, he was just playing me the uh, new... Uh, not new... It's an old one, old uh, the the choir version of "Schools Out." That's that that's a great great version. Although I'm still still stuck on the original version because that impressed me so much when I was four years old. But anyway, let's let's go to. Uh, yeah, it just it's shocking that I'm getting so old. That shit came out eleven years ago. Yeah, eleven years. Let's see. Shit, what came out eleven years? That that choir song. Yeah. Shit, okay, let me think. What, what year was that? It's, okay, 2021, 20, oh, 2010. Yeah, no, college radio wasn't playing Guar anymore by 2010. When when the first Guar album came out in... Uh, I think it was like the fucking early 90s. Yeah, 1991, college radio was playing him. No, it was 90. It was, it was like 89 or 90. And it was 90. When, when the first Guar album came out, College Radio played him. And then 91, the second Guar album came out. And 
because it was metal, uh, for whatever reason, the uh, two program directors, which was this straight-edge punk and this trendy dude, I think, at the time, weren't willing to play it. And, uh, and it was... Uh, I don't know. It was a good song. It was a good thing. I heard it on, uh, I heard their stuff back when there was a, they had this dude that was doing satellite or like a, a, a show that was put on a bunch of stations. They had a station, he had a station in Santa Cruz that was doing his show for a while. And then he did a show on, uh, uh, the station called K Fox on Friday and Saturday nights, uh, from like midnight to five, six in the morning. And uh, he played uh, something off the newer Guar, and it's like, why isn't KXLU playing this? It's still great. And it's like, damn. And then after that, college radio wasn't playing him anymore, and that kind of sucked. Yeah, I'm surprised. Like, I was looking at the fucking shit, and, like, uh, they did a cover of Carry On My Wayward Son that I've never heard, but I'll check that out another time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Guar is a great band. Yeah, they had some shit up until three years ago, so they're still putting shit out here and there. Yeah, yeah, and one of their people just died, like, real, real. I remember it was, like, in 2013, no, it was 2014 or 2015, and, and one of the dudes from Guar had just died, and I was listening to uh, uh, Touch of Evil, which is the metal show on, on uh, K-Space in Claremont when I was living in uh, Nuevo, California, and... Uh, they just told, we're talking about how the dude from Guar died and we're playing some Guar music and uh, it was... Uh, I didn't hear about that. That's how I heard about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what they were telling us in fucking high school why Slipknot wasn't making fucking music for a long time. It wasn't that the... Well, I think maybe one or two dudes died, but, like, pretty much it was the band members changing fucking members so damn much. It could have been. I don't know. Like I looked it up. When, I was like, I was like, damn. Like none of the original band is fucking. I think maybe the the guitar. Well, the singer's the still there. Yeah, the singer's <laughs> still there. But the, I think the guitarist is the only one that's still an original member besides him. Yeah, now probably they're the two main ones, and then they keep getting other musicians. But yeah, so when when did you graduate? 2009 okay so yeah and I, I got to see them live after that so that was uh, that was cool they did a good show it was the same show that I saw Five Finger Death Punch at but Slipknot yeah. was way more impressive than Five Finger Death Punch <laughs> yeah I plan on they going to ass. a lot of concerts this year well next year I'm thinking about going to a Chris Calico show but right I'm not sure if I'd want to go because I'd have to go to fucking Columbus on the 3rd or something. I think that's where my cousin's funeral is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the main plan is to go... <laughs> <coughs> Maybe go see the Harlem Globetrotters. 
take my niece and nephew to go see them. And, uh, like, I'm definitely going to go see some comedians, a couple comedians this next month coming up. Yeah, D.L. Hughley and, uh, what's the other? Is it D.L. Hughley? Let me see. No, Michael Blackson and, uh, fucking, what's his name? Alright, let me look at the fucking text from my sister. His names. Like, you probably haven't heard of him because I don't think you're much into comedy, like, deep. I just haven't heard much of the newer comedians. Uh, I mean, I heard, I mean, last time I heard a bunch of new comedians was when I was living in Washington and there was a. A comedy radio station out of Calgary that I was listening to, and uh, pretty much a lot at night. And uh, I could get them from whenever the sun went down to a little bit after the sun came up, or a little before the sun came up. And then uh, I was hearing a bunch of comedians and not knowing who the hell they were. Yeah, D. Ray uh, Davis. They'd say some of them, but I didn't memorize them, so it's like. I just listen to him a lot and just like, yeah, this is cool. <laughs> yeah, D-Ray Davis, too. It was just good hearing a, a, a nerdy radio station that played a lot of comedy records, you know? Yeah, like, you remember uh, the second Friday and, like, uh, the African dude's like, I can't get jiggy with this shit. <laughs> well, no, I can't get... You can't get jiggy with them. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Will Smith, because he just sucks that bad. I mean, maybe it was a little bit better when he first started when he was doing the. Uh, what was the name of his his band uh, at the time? What was it? Uh, God, I forgot the name of the band. Was the one that did uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Ni- Nightmare on My Street, and, and uh, Parents Don't Understand. I forgot the name of the band, but. That stuff was kind of good, but by the time he got old, it was just like yuppie rap. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember what Will Smith's, uh, what group or whatever he was with. I forgot it too. It just... Yeah, that was before my time. Like, I only knew huge. him as... Like, they were huge. Like, you, well, like, all the conservative dudes were even, like, like all the people that would, that would tell me, get out of my way, you fucking hippie. They even dug that shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the non-cursing rap. Yeah, yeah. It's pretty hilarious. But, you know, like rap wasn't that or some of it was heavy, but I don't know, like uh it still didn't get quite as heavy till like uh and a two live crew. Dana Dane did some st- you know, some stuff that was pretty cool. The the one uh I can't be your lover, but with your wrinkled no, no, you're old enough to be my mother, and with your wrinkled poxy, I can't be your lover. Yeah, like his uh, son had had a decently popular song that I haven't heard. I just heard about it. But, uh, like, Will Smith was, like, mad because, like, his son wouldn't let him get on the track. I thought that was pretty funny. Wouldn't let him do what? 
get on the song. Yeah, okay. Well, yeah, you got to start your own thing sometimes. All right, let's get back in the news. Enough reminiscing. Okay, since, we, since we've done enough music talk for a while. Okay, yeah. Um... <coughs> Uh, baptisms are getting wild in some evangelical churches. Well, imagine if they did it, you know, what the original definition of it was, according to uh, the dude that I worked for, where you'd have somebody jack off on you, and that's what baptism was. <laughs> I think that was before the Christians and Jews got involved. Well, no, no, like, this is the whole thing in the Bible, where, where, uh, Jesus is getting baptized, so I'm thinking like some chicks jacking off on him and squirting all over him, and then because uh, that's what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, because uh, and then the the end part where where okay, it says the Holy Spirit descended on him like a dove, which means okay, or, or no, okay, it was a loud voice from heaven. So if you look at the original definition of it, according to the dude I worked for, a loud voice from heaven, the ev, the breath of, the, or really meant the climax of the orgasm of living water. So he's, so, they're both kind of like, she's jacking off, he's jacking off. They're both coming. Uh, he's he you know has the climax of living water. Uh, uh, so, uh, yeah, and the the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove, which in that word the the oily spire is where it came from, which means okay he just came and his dick is starting to go to, like his 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 bone is starting to go down. Uh, and again, yeah, a voice crying loud from heaven. So the chick's just coming and jacking off, like still jacking off, and says, "This is my beloved son, in who I am well pleased." <laughs> so it could mean that. Matthew three thirteen through seventeen. Yeah. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him, saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, for thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Okay, so it could be, like, if it is that, then maybe they're both gay. So, you know, who knows? (laughs) 
and it could be a gay thing. So then according to their way of looking at it. So <laughs> And when but, Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water and behold the heavens were open to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and coming. And the heavens were open to him. That means he's coming. He saw the spirit descending like a dove. His boner like goes limp after he comes. <laughs> You're just totally perverting that. No, no, this is what the dude I worked for was like. He's saying this is the oldest definitions of these words. When you look at it in a Bible, in a, a biblical concordance, you look for the oldest definition, and this is what those words really mean: is the oldest definition. And that each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet, which spells a picture, or the Greek alphabet, in this case, the Greek alphabet, they spell a picture, and and this is what it means. Anyway, so where are we at? Wild baptisms. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, the article. Okay. So let's see what let's see what these crazy. What which religion is this? Christians. Okay. Which branch of Christianity? Which which uh, which uh, denomination? Besides, yeah, we love to take twenties, hundreds. <laughs> Well, these dudes sound like they're trying to turn it into a porn shoot, kind of, because it's hot tubs and hashtags. Baptism oh, hey, is hey, getting no, wild. They're trying to go back to that old original version of what baptism was, according to uh, the dude I worked for his theory. <laughs> so right on. Which denomination is this? You sure these ain't uh, Mormons? I don't know. The Mormons seem too straight-laced when I went to the church last Sunday. Wait, no, 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 not the original. I'm seeing like the Jack Mormons, the uh, the original ones that left when when uh, they stopped doing polygamy and, and uh, <laughs> all that. <laughs> mm. I don't know. The Independent Mormon Church, or the Independent Latter-day Saints, or whatever the fuck they call themselves, that the damn uh, government's trying to fuck with, because they get that good, uh, that good teenage pussy. <laughs> uh, Russell Moore's baptism in 1983 was a decorous occasion, or at least as decorous as possible, when the main event consists of being plunged underwater in front of one's entire church. The ceremony took place in a formal baptistry inside his family's Mississippi church with a painting of the Jordan River where Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist. Behind the tank, an organ played softly in the background. Moore wore a long white robe. But a few weeks ago, when it came time to baptize Moore's 14-year-old son, Jonah, the scene was very different. Jonah wore a t-shirt, Moore wore sneakers, a full rock band including drums and an electric guitar accompanied, and Moore, who is the public theologian at Christianity Today magazine, submerged his son in a galvanized steel livestock trough. 
hauled on stage at the church just for the occasion. Okay, well, that isn't that wild. Really isn't. You're making it out to be more than, you know, like... I mean, yeah, it's not as conservative as it was, but I still don't think it's that wild. It's just, you know, making it more to where someone at that age could relate to it more, you know? And that'd be badass to get baptized where Jesus got baptized. Maybe I'll put that on my bucket list, because I do want to go to the Holy Land once. Okay. That is the one thing on my bucket list. Kill a Christian before I die. Figure if I'm going to die, then I might as well spend my last days of my life in prison. But right before I'm about to die, I go to prison. <laughs> if all things go well. Well, depending yet. Yeah. I mean, hopefully I'll have enough. Knowing that I'm about to die, that I can, you know, like, kill a Christian. Uh, right before it happens, before I get too weak to do anything about it. Or just plan to do it when I get a certain age, when, you know, I think I'm probably going to die soon or something. Because, you know, since if I'm going to go to hell, like, for the rest of eternity, then, then I should just kill one Christian so I could tell, you know, when Jesus judges me and condemns me because I'm not sorry that I can say, at least I got to kill one of the people who sing songs to you. Before you did this shit to me. Man, they have a lot of trash fucking stories. Okay, what, what, what are they covering? Journalists, academics use a new language for truth. What? Okay, what the hell does that mean? I'm kind of interested. How do you replace truth? With the Ministry of Truth, probably. No, it's like, okay, it's... It's like, it's either truth or it isn't. So, like, are they going to have, like, a truth that's, like, half a lie and half a truth? Or, like, what the fuck are they talking about? Like, what are they saying in this one? It's just talking about the misinformation and shit like that. How did the newsroom... Yeah, but again, the ones that are saying certain shit is misinformation, it's just government people trying to get people to only believe their lies as information, and that anything that isn't the government line is a lie to them when, you know, they're the ones telling the lies. It's like, you better believe the government. If it's not from the government and our approved scientists, then it's not really truth. And I'm not buying that. 
I'm not buying that the government and the scientists on their side are the only ones telling the truth. That the scientists that say, oh, we got to make sure that everybody's freedom's taken away and that everybody's forced to do something against their will, that's the only truth you should be able to believe. And you should be able to believe that the shit they're trying to kill you with is safe because our government scientists told you it was safe. I'm not buying it. And it's because we're the ones who have the only, you know, the only source of the truth. And we've censored everybody else that, that, and cut them off that, that say something that isn't what we tell you to say. You know, it's like, I'm not buying their truth and what they call misinformation. If they call it misinformation, it's probably a lie. If they call it the truth, or if they call it misinformation, sorry, now they're confusing my tongue, but if they're calling it misinformation, it's probably the truth. And if what they're calling the truth is probably the misinformation. So I'm not buying their version of it. Ready to go to the next article? Yeah, let's go to the next article. Wealthy older Americans tar are, well, the target of new campaign. Okay, what's this campaign about? Leading climate change activist looks to mobilize older Americans. Okay. Um, I don't know. It depends on how old they're trying to mobilize, but the, the really old people are like... Too old Some to get out and do anything. It, well, I don't know. They, they probably can. I don't know. But it's like most of the older people don't believe it. And mo you know, like most people, when you get to a certain, by the time you get to 28, you know, the age of 28 is when most people just start believing the mainstream bullshit at the age of 28. Like that's the thing. Like, every generation goes to shit. Like, I just remember, like, around 1995, 96, and a bunch of people that I used to know that, I that you know, were cool and were rebels all of a sudden just started becoming, just believing all the bullshit. And it's like, oh, it's because I'm 28 and I'm supposed to... I'm supposed to grow up and, and start believing all this stuff and start, you know, trying to live the way they want me to live and all this kind of shit. And it's like, you know, you're, you're, you fall when you're 27 before you turn 28. It's like, now I'm supposed to believe this and I'm supposed to live this certain way. And, you know, it, it's like everybody just started, or not everybody, but a good chunk of people from my generation started wussing out at around that around that time and uh and so it's like i think those are going to be the hardest people to 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 change their mind your their mind on because they're just they're the ones that when they became 28 most of them decided to go and, and become good sheeple and they're probably not going to stop being good sheeple you know <laughs> 
leaders or, you know, of like this. The age, the, you know, the fall of when they're 27, right before they're 28. It's like, I'm supposed to, you know, do what I'm told now and, and you know, stop rebelling and become age appropriate and all this fucking bullshit. Grow up and all this fucking bullshit. Well, for a lot of people like me, you gotta grow up or die. I choose death. I'm choosing it now. That's why I decided I've been, I was gonna be on the street. That's why I'm staying at Burt's. Death is better than going along with their shit. I'm not, I mean, unfortunately, out of all the bad choices, these are the best choices I have. <laughs> Or it's one of the reasons, you know, there's been... Well, the leaders of this movement are 60 and 65 years old. Okay, well, that's not that old now. So, like, they're probably people that probably got involved in the movement you know, way back when they were, you know, like younger and are getting more involved again. So I don't know. Yeah, let's go into this. Cause I think they can get people that age. That's, you know, cause shit, they're not that young, older than me, you know, like 60 years old. That's like class of 79, 65. That's like class of 75, you know, shit. I don't see, uh, why they wouldn't want to get in, you know, I don't see a reason why they wouldn't want to get involved. They were probably were involved in it at a younger age. They probably got involved in it in college and then, you know, went on, did other shit. And then now that they're, you know, more retired and their kids have grown up or whatever, they can go back and do that kind of shit. So that's, that's probably a good thing. Hmm. <sighs> So yeah, let's go into this. With a younger generation increasingly focused on the problem of rising global temperatures, prominent environmental activist and author Bill McKibben is launching a new grassroots movement to mobilize older Americans to combat climate change and to work on related social justice issues. Right on. McKibben 60 has partnered with co-founders Akaya Winwood, a 65-year-old nonprofit consultant, and Vanessa Arcara, a millennial who worked in at 350.org to mobilize cool. older Americans. Their new group, known as Third Act, is having a soft launch this week. Oh, well, the demon right before, like, 20 minutes before you told me the article, the demon said uh, something about Vanessa something. <laughs> like, I was going to hear about some woman named Vanessa on, on the, uh, soon. <laughs> okay. Anyway, what else does the article say? 
Their new group known as Third Act is having a soft launch this week and a full-fledged rollout early next year. Third Act is for people like me. That is to say, over the age of 60, the baby boomers and the silent generation above them. It's very clear now that young people are not just on climate, but on other important issues like civil rights, doing what needs to be done. Older people need to not just assign the hardest problems on the planet to 17-year-olds as their homework. Yeah, right on. Yeah, that's a really good point. McKibben has spent the majority of his life defending the environment. He began his career as a writer for the New York Magazine, New Yorker, and as an author of books such as In the End of Nature, one of the first popular books about climate change. In 2008, McKibben and a group of students from Middlebury College, where he teaches as a distinguished scholar, founded 350.org, a group that would go on to play a prominent role in efforts to stop climate change, including organizing the massive 2014 People's Climate March in New York City. Cool. But McKibben is relatively atypical for a climate change activist in at least one way. He's a baby boomer, and while boomers are stereotyped as ex-hippies who fetishize organic produce, they're on average more politically conservative than younger Americans, and they are less likely to rate climate change as a top concern or engage in activism to address it. Mm-hmm. Urging governments, universities, corporations, and other powerful institutions to change their ways in the face of climate change has become an increasingly un- increasingly common focus of activism in recent years. But as anyone at the recent large protests surrounding the UN Climate Change Conference in Glasgow, Scotland, can tell you, they tend to share a common trait. The crowds skew young, often very young. Yeah, no, I mean, we had the same problem, and we noticed, I mean, when I was when I was in the hemp movement, we had that problem. I mean, it, you know, it was kind of a problem, because it's like, you'd have kids that were into it, and then they'd leave, and then you'd have to go get new kids all the time. And it's like, there weren't as many people that stayed around, and it's like, I, I came to the conclusion a lot of time we had to rely on a lot of the older people, but then by, especially around 2011, 2012, when the, the, uh, the, uh, uh, Occupy LA happened and I went to Occupy LA and I only went, you know, for a few days. But when I went there, I was like, I don't know who any, like there isn't anybody I recognize here. And it's like, now all of a sudden there's this whole new scene of people and I don't know half the people that are there and I got to try to figure out who these people are and, and it's just like a whole different scene. So it's, it's, uh, gets more confusing, but for a while we were trying, we were thinking that the older dudes were the only ones you could count on to be stable. And then this whole new crop of people came out 
and a lot of the older people weren't there anymore and then a bunch of them died off but yeah no i mean both groups probably have to be involved you know and i know i've been like burning out the past few years uh you know and probably because they don't want me now because i'm such a psycho and shit but uh you know who knows but uh And I, and I also like felt like I, you know, like when I went to this world fest in 2007, I felt like I really didn't belong there no more. Like they just looked, looked at me and like, you didn't make the changes that we made. You don't belong here. I just felt like I was Bob Dylan's Mr. Jones when I went there and, and, and shit. So it's kind of. But yeah, I probably should get more involved in shit being still as old as I am and shit if they want me to be there since I'm such a psycho or whatever, you know, as like what I said in my last episode. And, you know, so I don't know if they want, would want me there or not, but, you know, it's all confusing. Either way, let's get into it. But yeah, no, we, we do need to get more, people my age do need to get more involved and be including, me included probably. So, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Uh, and uh, one of the people that worked is, uh, who knows? I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, I, you know, probably people like me do need to get more involved. So that, that does make sense. Anyway, what, what else? The, so it said, yeah, getting the older people. Yeah, I mean, you can't get most of the older people to get into it. But the ones that were into it, you know, that stayed into it at some point when they got older, after they got 28, you know, we probably should keep getting involved. So I don't know. But yeah, what, what else? What, what does the article say? That's a problem for the climate movement since older Americans have the most money, free time, and political influence to contribute. Right on. Easier said than done. No, it could be. I mean, like, I really don't want activism to be my life again. Because I really want to make, I really want my life to be like what it was when I was with uh, Carol. Really, That's really what I want my life to be. And I, I don't want to be get hung up and make most of my life activism again. But I probably at some point should do some. But it's like getting, trying to get that one thing to happen, you know, like, you know, it's all confusing. It's like if I can't get Carol back or whatever, and if I don't have anybody for the next bunch of for next bunch of months, I'm just really not going to care about anything. You know, it's just I'm just very depressed and very, you know, just very depressed about all this stuff. And getting involved in something else is nuts something I want to do when my life is isn't what I want it to be. You know, just like doing. You know, like even doing this show, like this isn't what I want my life to be. And it bugs me every day that my life isn't what I want it to be. You know, that it isn't like what it was when I was with Carol, you know, or whatever, you know, that it's this shit. And it's like, okay. So I don't know. But anyway, go on. McKibben and his partners hope to get people who may have marched for the civil rights or the or against the Vietnam War 
to re-engage in the activism of their youth and to join the millennial generation in Generation Z. Okay, okay, shoot. Um, they, they want me to leave, but, uh... Okay, well, yeah, it's kind of hard when I'm doing this. Okay, I'm sorry, sorry. Okay, well, let's right just end the podcast. Right on, right on. But uh, try to save, I don't know, is there a way to bench, like, save this article, or... Yeah. Okay, so try to save it so we can start it, do it, uh, start it uh, next time. And, uh... But right on. So, yeah, um, we'll go more into this, because this is a good article. They're right, you know, like, you know, people that were involved in the first, uh, in the first, uh, Earth Day could probably want to get involved in this, and people that participated in the proposition in 72 that was uh, ending pollution would probably want to get involved in it. And, uh, what was it? Proposition eight or something back in 1972. Uh, and uh, people like me that got involved in the 20th anniversary of Earth Day, uh, you know, maybe should get involved in something like that. I don't know. We'll, we'll see. But uh, I don't know. But at this point, I'm very also mad and don't want this to be what my life's about so I don't know it's all confusing alright you want to do the outro yeah tune in uh, next time when we talk about how we're being screwed with and how we're trying to stop ourselves from being screwed with and this is a group of people that are definitely trying to stop themselves from being screwed with so when we for, when we do this next time we'll try to cover this uh, art, we'll cover this article if we can save it and uh and uh, go into this because this is a good article. Alright. Get out of here, you hippies. Yeah, this hippies bailing. Alright, peace out. Peace out.